0: Well, it's an idea that has been flirted with since, gosh, the 70s, this idea of a basic income program. Canada continuing to take baby steps towards a basic income program that uh, I guess some would say would address poverty. Now, I think this got a little bit more momentum during the pandemic as we got to see the CERB, which paid out $2,000 a month to millions of Canadians. And it actually raised the possibility of a permanent income program. To talk about this a little bit more, Sheila Bergier, she's the Executive Director of the National Council of Welfare. Sheila, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, Rob.
0: Well, I know we have bandied this about since I was in diapers, but uh, could this ever gain enough steam to actually get over the hill?
1: You know, I think it will, and I think unfortunately it's going to be for the very sad reason that the need just keeps growing and growing. I mean, the positive news is, as you described, we've got CERB. We've got the experience of that. We know what it did. We've had OASGIS and child benefits in place for decades. We know what works. Like, we know it works. We know we can do it. That's the good news. And what's what's terrifying to me is just to see how much, especially in big cities, uh, you're in in a major city, I'm in Toronto. I mean, you see people living in tents. You see people lining up at food banks that you never thought would have to be there. Mm. So it, this is bigger than, I think, historical concerns about poverty. I think there's just this mass insecurity that so many people are feeling.
0: Guaranteed basic income, in its simplest terms, designed to provide individuals with a a stable income that covers basic living expenses, food, housing, health care. But I think the the first question that anybody would ask is, who's going to pay for this?
1: Well, we're paying for it already. (laughs) We're paying for it in bad results that are not getting us anywhere. So a lot of what is going to go into a basic income guarantee is redesigned policy, so you're going to take money that's already out there in little dribs and drabs all over the place, and you're you're going to redesign that into something that addresses everything more comprehensively. Um, you're going to pull in programs like GST credits, for example, that that give out money. The the money part of social assistance, we would hope with a you know reasonably high benefit level that there would that. Social assistance would be redundant. That funding would go in there. And then we've got masses of money that we're paying in the healthcare care system, in the criminal legal system, in the education system for people who are not able to live the lives they could.
0: It's a compelling argument. Sheila Ruggier is the chairperson of the Basic Income Canada Network, a retired federal public servant, and again, a former executive director of the National Council of Welfare. So, Sheila, you're pretty well versed in this. We've talked about the pros, but obviously there's going to be a faction of Canadians out there. They say, well, this allows Canadians to just sit back on their duff and not really have to worry about it because they just know the check's coming. There's a lot of misnomers with this, and there's a lot of preconceived notions as to that this is just going to, nobody's going to have to work for anything anymore. It's just going to fall in their lap. What, what, what's wrong in that statement?
1: Oh, there are a good few things wrong with that. To start with, we are talking basic income. And most people have aspirations and desires beyond that. Um, one of the things, again, I'm going back to the positive, but one of the ba- things a basic income does is allow you that stability that you talked about for people to build on their aspirations. People will want more. Not very many people are going to be able to survive, you know, for very long. The other reason is simply that there is no evidence at all that this is actually the way humans behave when they have an income guarantee that stability and that security allows them to reduce their anxiety now, to get healthier, to be able to do better in the future. So the concerns about this, I think, are something else in a way, and I think it's more about people now having lots of control over other people might not have that same control when people have the ability to make their own lives their mm-hmm. own way.
0: Yeah, I see where you're going with that, and I think you're absolutely right. Uh, Sheila, what do you think about this from the political element? Is this something that, you know, a politician can hang his or her hat on and, and make waves, or is this something that maybe most politicians probably want to stay away from?
1: I think at this period, in this period of time, I think this is something politicians really should be able to hang their hats on. Um, Seriously, we have so many challenges in this country. People are talking about a poly-crisis, crisis in mental health, crisis in inflation, crisis in job precarity, crisis in not knowing what AI is going to bring us next. So if for a credible politician with some integrity who really, really understands what's going on for average people out there, I think this could be a real sell. Um, but I'm not a politician, <laughs> and the the political cycle often doesn't lend itself well to good policymaking. But as I said, a basic income guarantee has a lot of solid policymaking behind it. It's been modeled. It's been tried. We see the same pattern of results everywhere. So there's a lot to work with.
0: Well, Sheila, as I mentioned earlier, you make a compelling argument. I'm going to open up the phones to our listeners and we'll chew on some of the bones that you gave to us. Sheila, thank you for your time this afternoon.